0: You survived another week. Thank you for listening, downloading, and supporting the Black Man with a Gun Show. This week, what makes a good firearms instructor anyway? What Hollywood gets wrong about guns? And an interview with a Hollywood actor, Paul Jacob Evans, who has a new book, A Wallet Falls. What can Angelina Jolie teach you about guns? This portion of the show is brought to you by Black Man with a Gun Reloaded. You can get your autographed copy. From me directly by emailing me at blackmanwithagun at gmail dot com for only twenty dollars. Black Man with a Gun Reloaded is an autobiographical book about gun control, how I became a trainer, an activist, a speaker for the Second Amendment. This book has a glossary that will make you sharper. It belongs on the bookshelf of every gun owner. Black Man with a Gun Reloaded. Email me at blackmanwithagun at gmail dot com today. It's also available on Amazon. Without the love blackmanwithagun.com
1: Ken Blanchard's pro-gun podcast.
0: All right, after John Wayne leads us in the Pledge of Allegiance, we will start with episode number 608 of your favorite Righteous podcast. Thanks for supporting me.
1: I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all.
0: What can Angelina Jolie teach you about guns? You know, the former Tomb Raider star not only brought the same type of gun she had in the movie, but got a cassette custom made by Jesse James. She says, and yes, I'd be able to use it if I had to. If anybody comes into my home and tries to hurt my kids, I have no problem shooting them. According to uh, this post that I found, her and Brad Pitt both love guns. But believe it or not, most of what you see on television is not real. A lot of the people, a lot of the stars, the big names, the A-listers are anti-gun. Yeah. And if you have watched a few movies, you know there are quite a few mistakes that are made on television made in the movies that folks kind of take for granted. Now, I ask you, you are a gun person. Have you watched something recently and gone, what the, yeah, that ain't right. Well, see if any of these on this list makes sense to you. One of the things that always happens in these movies is they're cocking a gun right before you go into a situation where you are needed. Every cop and soldier knows to have a weapon ready, already loaded before going out into the field. When you need your firearm, you need it ready to fight right then and there. How about this one? Cocking the hammer on a Glock. There is no hammer to cock. Same as switching off the safety on a Glock. There is no manual safety on a Glock. How about the old movies? The black and white movies where they put a silencer on a revolver. Can't be done. With the exception of an 1895 Mosin revolver, which no movie has yet to use silencers mufflers suppressors don't actually make a gun silent it does lower the decibels though so that it won't hurt your hearing so that's a good thing how about that firearm capacity that's endless fully loaded semi-automatic pistols can be emptied in a few seconds in a gunfight a fully loaded semi-automatic rifle can be emptied a few more A fully auto firearm can shoot 30 rounds in 2.5 seconds. And how about this? Guns running empty or jamming equals just throwing the whole gun away. Nobody throws their gun away like that. Guns are expensive, even if they aren't. You can keep it so that you still have a weapon later when you have time to reload it or fix it. Alright, in Hollywood, shotguns never miss. Shotguns have to be aimed like everything else shotguns with combat buckshot patterns around 12 inches at 15 feet. That's about the width of a normal human torso. At closer ranges, the pattern is smaller. You can definitely still miss people. How about firearms tossing people back like they were dolls? People don't fly when they get shot. If they did, the shooter would also fly. That's called physics. You know, Newton can be a pain that way. How about... People die immediately upon being hit. And that's something that happens in action movies a lot. When a hero hits the hundreds of faceless henchmen in his quest to get the boss, people are amazingly resilient. A lot of people take multiple hits and keep on coming. And it can be due to adrenaline, drugs, or body armor. Bad guys don't like to fall down. People don't conveniently die with a one hit all the time. Just saying. Here's a subtle one that you might not have noticed. But Hollywood, Hollywood gets this one wrong a lot. When it comes to carrying a concealed weapon, when you have a gun on your hip or a shoulder holster, your clothes will not fit tight and right. You can't look like a supermodel. You can't. You're going to have to wear an outfit that hides your firearms. You know, with all those weird protrusions and pants sagging and the fit being all altered. You and I don't look like, uh, well, you know what I'm saying. Hey, have all those police snipers they're rarely depicted in a way that they actually do their jobs. You almost never see the often difficult and time-consuming task of getting into a good firing position that's preceded by the shooting. Likewise, you hardly ever see a spotter that helps the sniper find and range the target. And you never seem to see the way snipers have to account for wind, temperature, stuff to make those long-range shots successful. They would rarely have their target directly in their crosshairs. It's often several feet higher or to the left or you know. Yeah, but takes too much time to explain, right? I bet your mind is whirling now, right? How about um, like it's easy to hit a moving target while you're moving? Oh, yeah. In reality, most shooting that occurs while walking or running is suppression fire. There is no way you could really aim at a distant target while walking, much less running. And so many headshots from far away by people using handguns. Man, those guys are good. Here's one. How about cars that blow up when you shoot at it? There's a TV series on cable. Mythbusters once did a great job of showing that it's really difficult to get a car to even catch fire from shooting at it, much less to explode. Also, tossing a uh, perfectly good Zippo lighter gets me every time. I love Zippos. But they just throw a perfectly good Zippo lighter away. And they have it just to set that gasoline on fire, too. Count how many times you see a Zippo being used. It's just amazing. And what number am I on? How many have I done? You ain't counting either? Oh, crap. Okay, how about real guns almost never go off when they're dropped on the ground. They are specifically designed not to do that. In fact, if you do drop a gun, the best thing you can do is let it fall. Trying to catch it could put your finger in the trigger and fired instead. Got that? Alright, next piece. Cover. Hardly anybody ever uses the need to take cover in a movie. So often the hero just walks out into the open, guns blazing, and then they walk away unfazed. In reality, a bad guy behind a wall, car, whatever, would just gun you down first. The first thing anyone who hears gunfire should do is take cover. You got me? No matter how good you are with your firearm, being in the open is the best way to get shot. Only the engine of a car the hiding behind tires offers any real protection from bullets. Bullets rip right through car doors, walls of standard construction, tables, couches, and refrigerators. These are all common hiding props in the movies. The only value they offer is visibility, but no real protection from gunfire. Here's a question you probably get as a firearms instructor and students always ask, Should I open both eyes or closed one? Because in the movies, nobody ever closes one eye. You see, sighting the weapon with one eye closed destroys your depth perception. It's all right at a static range. It's all right for competition, for qualification, for armed duty. But you want to shoot with eyes open if you're in combat. You want to be able to see where you're going. Movies, movies, movies. How about automatic weapons that are now hand handheld are now three-round bursts? The rest is a waste of ammo. But it looks sexier when you just let that thing empty the magazine for like 4,000 rounds. I know. Another point I want you to remember, trained shooters are always aware of what is behind the target. You do not fire without knowing what might be hit. And speaking of that, how about those bullet holes you never see? Well, you know. John Wick is shooting 5,000 rounds at a whole bunch of bad guys, and the bullets that come through them don't go anywhere else. They're all in the body. Nothing misses. Nobody breaks a glass or hits the wall. Hmm. Here's a good one. Guns firing at cars leave little sparks, but never bullet holes. In real life, cars would be riddled with bullet holes, and the bullets would pass right through the engine compartment and do damage. Also, when you want something dramatic to happen, you shoot at the back windshield with a shotgun, but no one in the car is hurt. Apparently, all shotgun pellets dissolve when they hit glass. How about when you see a hero or someone carrying a bag filled with guns and ammo and they heave it into the trunk? I guarantee that's impossible. A bag filled with guns and ammo is very, very heavy. There is no way even the strongest person can pick it up with one hand and heave it anywhere. This happens a lot on The Walking Dead, by the way, where guns are apparently made of light styrofoam. The hero exchanges magazines in mid-battle and keeps on fighting. Hollywood has given us some winners, and we've just taking it for granted. People love the sound of racking a shotgun, so the hero does it a lot, even after he already did it a few seconds earlier. It happens a lot in Terminator. Arnold jacks the shotgun, which should load it, but then a few seconds later, he does it again. And of course, every time he does it, an empty shotgun round, hits the ground. You have been to the range without your hearing protection? Hopefully not. But one thing that always happens in these movies is that people can engage in running gunfights and afterwards still hear a pin drop or a door creaking open. If you are in a running gunfight where magazines are exchanged and machine guns are used, you're going to be deaf for days and maybe even blow out your eardrums. Yeah, that's real. You ain't going to hear squat, but a high-pitched whine. Please wear high quality hearing protection when you go to the range, when you shoot, when you're around people who are shooting. Even if you're in the stands, if you can double up, great. Because there's some little muscles and membranes in your ear that break and cannot be grown back. You will lose a part of your hearing. Forever. You ever heard the word muzzle discipline? Well, that's one of the gun safety rules. And it doesn't exist in the movies. I can't remember the last time I watched anything featuring an entry where somebody didn't flagrantly flag an on-screen person with a weapon. You're not supposed to point your firearm at anything you're not willing to destroy. Anything, even if it's not loaded. Even if you know you haven't put any ammo in there. It's a habit that you want to start. Muzzle discipline. It's a wonder we can shoot at all. See, most actors seem to have no notion of how to grip a firearm. You will see all kind of low grips, teacups, and fingers are always on the trigger, no matter what. They break every safety rule there is. And the main point for all the stuff I'm talking about Hollywood and firearms is that do the opposite and learn from an instructor. Find somebody who actually knows safety, knows how to train, and that you respect. But I got a few more before we end. You know, no one with half a brain carries a pistol um, without a round chamber, except maybe the Israelis. And they have a technique for it. They train that way. There is no justification for doing so in these days. Back in the early days, back in the day of the Colt single-action army revolver, it was possible for a blow on the hammer to fire the gun. So it was common to carry with an empty chamber then. But today, modern firearms are engineered to prevent that. Now, I know in the military sometimes and on post, they make sure that you do carry a firearm uh, with the empty chamber under the hammer, and this has more to do with uh, weapon accountability and safety, and not being real cool with their troops. But in real life, load that bad boy up. TV and movie westerns frequently display weapons that are inaccurate for their time. For instance, a movie set in eighteen sixties. Might have the hero using some firearm that wasn't developed until like the 1900s. Little stuff like that. So what can you learn from Hollywood? What not to do. And the best way to learn how to do things correctly is to find a good instructor. A good instructor will teach you how to safely manipulate a firearm. How to reload quickly and safely. How to shoot and shoot accurately. How to shoot quickly. How to draw from a holster. How to engage multiple targets. A good instructor can show you how to do one-handed shooting, how to shoot moving targets, how to move while shooting, and how to work your firearm in low light. What does a good instructor look like? It can look like just about anybody. But do your research and don't get crazy Uncle Eddie to be your instructor just because he served in Vietnam or Desert Storm or Desert Shield or fill in the blank. So I set you up with all the stuff you're not supposed to do. What you are supposed to do is treat all guns as if they're always loaded. Get in that habit of handling any firearm as if it was loaded, regardless of its condition. Don't try to have rules that apply to loaded guns and others that apply to unloaded guns. Keep it simple, okay? And then you'll never have to explain why your unloaded gun just fired. Treat them all as if they're loaded all the time, and you won't have to remember which set of rules apply this time. Number two, never point a gun at anything you aren't willing to destroy. The troublesome muzzle end of the gun from which bullets can issue an astounding speed is always pointed somewhere. With rule number one in mind, keep the muzzle of any gun away from anything, especially any one, that you don't want to have a bullet hole in. Number three, this one is the one of the ultimate sins of movies. Keep your finger off the trigger until the gun is on target and you have made a conscious decision to shoot. I don't care how you pick it up. Your finger must not be on the trigger. Put it on the side. Since guns are designed to have the human hand close around them, finger on the trigger, it's real easy to want to put it in there. But it's essential for you to train your finger to stay off that operating lever until you're ready to shoot. That means far enough outside and away from the trigger guard so that it won't slip into the trigger if you're startled or lose your balance. Now, keep a mindful link on that trigger finger and place it on a firing position only when you decide you need to be doing his job. Know your target and what's beyond it and around it. Never shoot at noises without visual verification of what made it. Also, be mindful of where your bullet might go once it passes through the target. They do go through things. Know that your round will be contained safely after it hits the target. This is pretty easy on a formal shooting range with bullet traps. Not so much in self-defense situations in a home or on the street. If you think your bullet could hit something that you couldn't live with, having a hole in it, don't shoot. And lock your guns up securely when they're not being used. If a firearm is not going to be in your immediate control, lock it up so that only authorized people can access it. Guns are a prime item for burglars to steal, teens to steal, kids to take to uh, show and tell. Get rid of that temptation. Even from your neighbors, the untrained people. So that you won't have any tragedy on your watch. You got me? All right. MarylandShallIssue.org It's an all-volunteer, nonpartisan organization dedicated to the preservation and advancement of gun owners' rights in Maryland. It seeks to educate the community about the right of self-protection, the safe handling of firearms, and the responsibility that goes with carrying a firearm in public. MarylandShallIssue.org This is the group. Your group. The grassroots group in the state of Maryland. Join us no matter where you are, Maryland shall issue. Dot org. All right. The other day, I got a call from a guy from California, actually from Hollywood. And he just finished a book called a wallet falls. A wallet falls. There'll be a link to it in the show notes. His name is Paul Jacob Evans. He is an actor, actually uh, quite a character. He says he's been in all the movies that you find in the, uh, Redbox, all the low budget films. Good dude. And you can hear our conversation after this. Being an armed citizen means having a gun with you all the time. Carrying a firearm every day requires a holster that is both concealable and comfortable. Whether you choose our Super Tuck Deluxe or Mini Tuck, you'll have the confidence that comes from being discreetly and comfortably armed, prepared to face unforeseen dangers. Crossbreed holsters are handmade in the USA. Come with a lifetime warranty and a two-week try-it-free guarantee. Order your holster today at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Paul Jacobs, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you very much.
0: You reached out to me, caught me off the guard, but that's not a bad thing actually. And said, se- "And <laughs> said, uh, you are working and got a book out. Tell me about the book."
1: My name is Paul Jacob Evans. I'm in uh, Los Angeles, and I am a went to to become a certified NRA instructor and had was uh, speaking to a lot of my friends and I work in entertainment out here. So I mean, there's a, like an already like that existing bias and stuff against kind of what we're all about and everything. And then speaking to a lot of, just speaking to a lot of people, I started noticing that there is a very large, like kind of information gap that was happening. And I mean, like how they view who we are and how uh, like the information that they're basing a lot of that bias off of. So I wanted to write a book that was a kind of a bridge to start that uh, communication, like to start that kind of conversation that, that where these two sides can really have like, like a rational discussion around this instead of the hyperbole that just comes out of like uh, major media. And there's so much lies. There's so much like misinformation being taught out right now. And the people out here just kind of lap up anything that's handed to them. And I wanted to uh, create something like here, read this. This is the world as we see it. Do you understand that a rational person can see this world and end up at the rational decision that uh, maybe owning and knowing how to use a firearm is a good thing. And that's what the book is all about.
0: right. What's the name uh, of the book? A Wallet
1: Falls, already on uh, Amazon right now.
0: A Wallet Falls. How'd that title come about?
1: I was in, uh, I was with a friend uh, here, in, here in LA, an actress, and uh, we were at a, uh, <laughs> we were at a coffee shop, and I was uh, in the front line. Uh, we were just chatting about just something, and um, I uh, reached, uh, i uh, my hand, I was getting ready to pay, so my wallet was in my hand. Uh, I had my cards kind of out. And I reached over. I was thirsty, so I reached over and grabbed a coconut water. And as I did that, when I brought the coconut water packet, knocked my wallet out of my hand. It hit the ground, and all my cards kind of like it was kind of popped out of my wallet. And she looked down, and I just you know I, I laughed and picked it all up. But one of the cards that I picked up was my NRA membership card. I got back up, and she wasn't looking at me, and I was continuing the conversation. I didn't really realize what was happening. And then uh, she goes, she goes, yeah. Yeah, no, that's okay. Uh, I think I needed to go to work and kind of like set all the stuff down and just like left. And I had no idea what, what was happening. And then later a mutual friend of ours called, well, texted me and let me know like, Hey, uh, there's an incident. <laughs> that was, that's the word that was used that this actress was not willing to be friends with me anymore because of that, seeing that. And that really, there was just a, um, a level of discourse or a separation that, uh, that I saw. And I'm like, I have to fix this because this is getting ridiculous now. Uh, so th- that's where it, it, this whole thing started with my wallet falling in that, uh, in that coffee shop that one morning.
0: Holy smokes. That's, uh, that's like if you had a, I don't know, communist letter or something or something <laughs> from yeah. a clan membership <laughs> or something, people just, I, it's just,
1: uh, I think mm. it's just like, and what I've, you know, I, like I, am in like the most, like uh, one of the most anti-gun places in all of America and what, like talking to all these people, I feel like, like the thing that I'm trying to fix is I'm seeing people on our side is our rational people arrive into that rational decision. And then on this other side, it's like this lady just saw that and immediately the her rational decision is I cannot be around this person at all. It's that's coming from someplace and that's that someplace is a level of misinformation that they have that I'm trying to bridge the gap to. If I can just like start that conversation, I feel like if you can just come to me and ask me questions, I happily give you the answers, but that isn't starting. And instead all these people are getting all their uh, information from, uh, you know, all the news outlets and stuff like that, that, uh, that obviously those are, have their own bias built into them.
0: Totally, man. What part of the entertainment industry do you work in? Are you a writer or stage guy or?
1: <laughs> I can't being an actor. Of course, like everybody, like everybody, I, um, I got, uh, I'm doing well. I've done a, a lot of stuff out here, but it's mostly like stuff that you, uh, uh, like find at the red box, like movie rental, like <laughs> coming in and out of like Seven Eleven. 11, but I, I got really disheartened by the whole thing, especially since 2016 election where I, I walked in to do I'd like a to audition for like a laundry detergent commercial and it was political and there's just a taste a toxic sort of atmosphere around the politics in the country here and i got really turned off by it i'm like i'm not interested in doing this anymore and then i started writing scripts and stuff like that and and i was having an interesting time with that and then i realized i i wrote this uh, the book was actually a uh originally a blog so i wanted something physical that i could really hold and like i really want to be able to take this and hand it directly to someone in person like here try this is an introduction to who we are as a people read this then come and uh, then i'll come and talk to you about it afterwards and that's what started this whole idea like maybe i should just get this published and i went through the whole publishing process
0: nice uh, did you grow up with firearms in the home?
1: yeah i grew up in uh rural texas stephenville uh ufo capital of america I grew up on a ranch, uh, and I, I talked a little bit about that in the book. Like, I grew up on a farm. Uh, my dad and I went qu- dub hunting, went deer hunting. Like, I've been around firearms my whole life. Like, I shot my uh, first rifle when I was, like, six or eight. Uh, we had shotguns on the property. And uh, they're just a uh, – like, growing up in that environment, you're, that respect of – the object of a firearm is just taught to you from, uh, you know, as a as a kid, like these are firearms. This is how you respect them. This is how they are to be treated. And growing up in that community, like uh, even at the high school uh, uh, people had gun racks in the car because we all went hunting after school. Like as soon as the, uh, the bell went out, like I would go run and hop my truck and like head over Steve's house because we we're going dove hunting that night. And that's just normal. Like that's how that's the environment that I grew up in. And I come on here or like, the, you know, the larger cities on the, or the coastal cities and uh, people are just nuts about how they view these things. And there's so much anger, so much anxiety around the imagery of this stuff. And uh, it's just it comes from a place of just kind of
0: lunacy. I hear that, man. But I totally understand. And I have dealt with it myself. So I know exactly what you're talking about. What do you hope? to accomplish with the sale of your book information compassion understanding what else i think during the
1: writing of the book i it went through a lot of drafts and the last the last few drafts that i I went through i actually i have i obviously have a lot of friends that are extremely anti and i send it to them and i'm like i want you to read this and i kind of sit i I warn them like i'm going to send you something that's highly political can I send it to you and just, I want your feedback on it. And I sent it out to him and I got a very good response from these uh, extremely anti-people. And the response that came back from it is, this is what I want from the book. This is, what, <laughs> this is how I'm answering this whole thing. I want this book to be handed by our community to our friends and our family members who don't understand us. Because I think what the book accomplishes is it makes us rational with human beings which we're not right now and it's something i think that the left has really done uh, or the anti-movement has done very well is easily silence us as being you either agree with our absolutely ridiculous ideas on how we need to manage all of this stuff and if you don't agree with us you like seeing images of dead kids in the streets and it's the either or proposition you either agree with us or you're against us absolutely and uh, there's no yeah. room for that of maybe there is another rational way to look at this issue. And it's not that's not something that even comes up in the cards with them and their ability to sort of label us as, you know, child murdering maniacs has silenced us because no one no one on that side was ever going to speak to someone who uh, likes that imagery. And they've really painted us being that And this book, really. And there's a part in the book where I get real honest on how I feel about that nonsense. I really want the viewer, the reader to really take up this book and go, okay, I understand the world that they see. I feel that they're rational human beings. I might not agree with them. And this isn't a recruitment tool by any means. And I I, I don't want it to be. At the end of the the book, they should look at us like, I still don't agree with you guys, but I understand you and respect you as rational people now. And I think that shift is something that this book really helped.
0: Okay, cool. How can Hollywood make blockbuster movies using firearms and be so anti? How does that become such a weird dynamic? Uh,
1: they, um, man, there, uh, there was a Facebook post Wednesday. The San San Delmas Sheriff's Department uh, went up and saw some kids that were shooting a music video up in the... Up in the northern like hills, up in the mountains, uh, just just north of Los Angeles, like tons of people go up there and shoot stuff. And they're up there shooting a music video, tied up this uh, actress in uh, like with like duct tape and like it was like a kidnapping story arc and all this kind of stuff. But on set, a prop that they're using was a gun. It was a real gun, and it was really loaded. And there's a childish attitude when it comes to how they respect the firearm. And they believe that that is how everyone in America views, like they view it with that same childish canter. There's that respect that, uh, that everyone has, that, that we have using it as a tool or uh, uh, just, you know, don't point at people, don't have it loaded. The simple stuff like that is not something that is ingrained in certain psyche. So when they talk about like people have like all these scary looking uh, firearms everywhere, they are looking at it through the way they respect that object. And that's the dis—that's the disconnect, and that's the thing that they don't understand. That where they're completely on the wrong. Like those kids absolutely should find it. Of, like uh, that's absolutely insane. That they're, they're shooting this video with a loaded firearm. But from what I understand, the, the sheriff's department was were called up there. They investigated the whole scene and they arrested one of uh, one of them for like a misdemeanor weapons charge for having a loaded firearm playing around with it on uh, on a film set. It's ridiculous.
0: Wow, I remember when I was in Hollywood. They had a um, there's a company that handles like a large percentage of firearms and they're like really big on safety and that whole thing
1: and there's a uh, uh like uh when you if you're on uh a film or you shoot, you're shooting something with firearms you go to an armor but a lot of times those armors are just like the, none of them have training none of them are uh, like few of them have like nra memberships none of them like they don't even have any kind of training within within this whole industry and then you have like the firearm actor, uh, coaches that are teaching actors how to like, uh, how to deal with, uh, firearms. And the, the stuff that they're teaching is atrocious. They, I constantly, like, I'm on Facebook, I'm getting hit up by, you know, all these ads like shoot guns with a uh, blah, 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 the, who did XYZ movies for, you know, Warner Brothers or whoever these, you know, whoever's like putting this stuff out. And, and there's a willful, I think, arrogant ignorance that is chosen, like, we don't actually want to know that like, we are so scared of your group of people. We're not even going to attempt to go talk to you just so like, uh, uh, like we, they know that they're presenting this to America. And unfortunately, like a lot of America gets all their, their firearm experience from watching stuff like law and order SVU or CSI or all these uh, TV shows. And there's a willful, arrogant ignorance that they've chosen to not go talk to the actual experts in the field. Instead Make up wildish nonsense that they uh, put in all these shows that that get taught to the rest of America.
0: Wow, that's an insight that we don't we don't hear too often.
1: Yeah, it's just my my whole thing for being wanting to become a NRA in instructor is I got real sick of like I'm a huge fan of SVU, I love Law and Order, love the uh, the whole uh, hierarchy, but like they like they just don't understand firearms at all, and I got real tired of watching all this stuff like. I wanted to start teaching people. Like, if you want to have uh, have a a show, you need to have people actually look like they know what they're talking about, and that started me on this old path. And all of a sudden now, like, like I have this book I wrote, and there is another book that's planned as an uh, as an addendum to a wallet falls. That really gets into uh, like uh, hitting up a lot of the uh, myths that are kind of perpetuated around like uh, the gun show loophole nonsense. So actually talking about assault rifles versus assault weapons, going into like bullet ballistics and why there's different calibers. Really describing like, like, I know that you might not like this information, but this is the kind of information you need to know to have a educated opinion on the entire subject. I wanted them to be two separate books. The first book is very—it's a quick read. The book that's out now—it's 45 pages, but it's—it's it's there's a lot of information, and I don't feel like I could put anything else on. It's very heavy for someone, especially someone that's very anti. It goes into a lot of just worldview changes that they that that side doesn't really understand. But I've really enjoyed the book, and I, I I've really enjoyed writing it, and I'm very much planning to keep doing this kind of stuff.
0: Well, good deal, man. I'm looking forward to connecting with you again. And um, and find out how well you've been received. I'm going to check out the book itself, While It Falls, on Amazon.com. Paul Jacobs, thank you, man, so much for sharing this. And I'm definitely going to get you back on the show. Fantastic. All right, buddy. Appreciate you.
1: Have a good one, again.
0: Okay, a couple, two, three of you guys asked if I was coming to the National Rifle Association annual meeting in Indiana.
1: In the wet barn on the farm down in Indiana. For the sycamore trees where the Wabash breezes play.
0: What's a small red pine and for a yellow moon. share uh, Indiana something is definitely wrong with me why did I even put that in here well, anyway I <laughs> I uh feeling a little loony I uh will make it to Indiana if I can uh raise enough funds to uh make it for a day trip that's my plan uh so if you are looking to help a brother make it to Indiana here's your chance become a show enough supporter and um, get that money in in time. Are we the meanest? Are we the prettiest? Are we the baddest, Mofolo, down around this town? Are we not the supporters of the black man with a gun? I can't hear you. not. Patreon.com forward slash black man with a gun. Jonah! All right, let me tell you the whole story about this money thing. Um, I've been doing this thing since 1991. And I was traveling with the National Rifle Association, the Second Amendment Foundation, the Law Enforcement Alliance of America. And I was part time in it, still working for the government, afraid of losing my job trying to be an entrepreneur and I was spending money hand over fist trying to um to do what folks do now for free social media um the NRA was only paying me like a day labor rate uh for all that I was doing. So uh if I missed work I might have got a check for a hundred and ten bucks. Plus when I got to work everybody was assuming that I had sold out to the government or sold out the government and I was under investigation a whole bunch of times for just doing a Second Amendment thing and chasing my dream, chasing influencers, tra- chasing um, people, trying to do what folks do now take for granted. Um, I bankrupted myself and bankrupted my family. So after I got myself financially soluble again and got out of debt, um, lived through that whole seven years of bankruptcy and messing up my credit and turned it around. I vow to my missus that I would no longer use family money for anything else other than the family. So I've been begging, asking folks to support the podcast, my gun rights activism for years now. And only that money is what I use to travel with. Only that money I use to, to do anything. And that's how come I have sponsors like Crossbreed Holsters. That's why I, um, Have a Patreon account, actually. That's the deal. And when I lose a sponsor, when somebody no longer, you don't hear them on here anymore, then the money stopped, right? So it slows my roll. Well, All right. That means it's time to roll up out of here. I want to thank Paul Jacob Evans, the actor and writer known for his movie Betrayed in 2016, Love and Food and Pray for Us in 2005. Was that 2005? 2015. That's the right way to say it. Looking forward to his book, A Wallet Falls, and there'll be links in the show notes. My newest project that I'm doing is um, I'm doing something for survival, for prepping, for helping those in the city who don't have a clue to not be a casualty of the next national or natural disaster. It's called How to Prevail. Brand new website, brand new podcast coming out in April, and I would love if you would be a part of it. Howtoprevail.com. You can join my email list. I'm trying to do this thing right. If you listen to this show, please, please, please join my email list at join.howtoprevail.com. Be much appreciated. Just in case nobody has told you this today, I love you. And it's not a damn thing you can do about it. Until next week. Shalom, baby. To keep in touch with Ken and his cause, head over to BlackManWithAGun.com. Blanchard.media.